Hello and welcome to Classic 15, the podcast hub of top tips for young and emerging classical artists. I'm Jack Pepper. I'm a composer, radio presenter and writer. And for the next 15 minutes, we are sitting down for a bite-sized coffee break chat to gain new insights into how to make a career in classical music. Today, we are digging inside the world of foundations, specifically the Lang Lang International Music Foundation. Created in 2008, their international ambassadors include the likes of Joshua Bell, Renee Fleming and Sting. Well, I spoke on a video call with their global development director, Ollie Rose, and he started by summarising the aims of the foundation. I would summarise it. It really comes down to providing access to music opportunity, whether it's education or experiences, to as many children as possible um, through kind of different platforms. So, for example, education, you know, as we all know, globally, there's, you know, there's a massive gap between, you know, certain type of school and other types of schools in terms of what access the children have to music education. And we've done a lot of really incredible research, you know, that really just shows how important something like music is to the growth and development of a young child, not just in terms of learning skills, but in terms of expressing themselves, creativity, confidence, you know, just, just finding, finding an escape in something creative and just you know discovering themselves in a different kind of way so you know our mission is really to provide access to music and music education to as many children as possible and just to really really try and give that to you know as, as, uh, yeah and defining children what's the age range of the people that you work with well it's children and young people so the programs they kind of span quite a range we our education program predominantly is for seven to seven to eleven year olds, so that's basically primary school learning. It's a really you know perfect time to kind of engage children in this kind of stuff. But we also work with kids, you know, up to about you know probably about twenty one. Really, you know, we have a young scholars program, which is about artist development and career development for young pianists. You know, we 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 do all kinds of initiatives with charities, and we have a lot of charity partners where we bring musical experiences and entertainment and workshops to all kinds of age groups really so it really depends on what exactly we're doing so we really it's children and young people i'd say is, is the way to kind of summarize the the entire outreach okay so f- talk about young scholars you mentioned there for example so sort of 20 21 year old early career pianist specifically what does that support look like well actually that program specifically goes from the age of six to the age of 16 so it's very widespread that that program specifically is designed for Well, to date, it's been designed for young classical pianists. So it's a program where, you know, essentially people apply and there's an audition process and a final, say, 10 pianists get handpicked by Lang Lang to become part of a scholarship program that lasts about two years, where they get sent around the world to festivals, workshops, seminars, and just have all kinds of experiences to really kind of like understand the world of music and the world they're in, essentially. Um, It's a really powerful program. We also bring the young scholars into our community work. So we bring them to schools, we bring them to charities, you know, really kind of like cross those two lines to make sure, you know, to really instill in these young talents that giving back is really a huge part of of, of the journey, which Lang Lang obviously, um, you know, represents so beautifully. Yeah. And speaking of giving, giving pianos specifically to schools with the Keys of Inspiration program, just give us a a flavour of this project what this aims to do keys of inspiration it's really the flagship project of the foundation it it 
provides a state-of-the-art piano lab with a music curriculum and Lang Lang piano method books to underfunded, more disadvantaged schools um, to, to essentially just give the best possible tools for them to teach music education. And the thing that really sets this apart from any other kind of program in the same kind of vein is that it actually becomes part of the curriculum in the school, along with all the other key subjects as a real kind of dedication to the music education um, aspect of it. So yeah, we provide, you know, between about 20 and 30 state-of-the-art piano labs to the schools and and each child gets some really, really, you know, honed in, focused time with the keyboard and, and the learning tools, essentially. So access to the instrument itself and a curriculum shaped by Lang Lang himself and becoming a core part of the school. And I'm thinking, I mean, the reach is huge. It's over 180,000 students that have been reached by that program, I think. Yeah, I mean, the program's been going for many years now. We currently have 84 schools in the US. We have 100 schools in China and we're just bringing the program to the UK. Um, we started in Waltham Forest and we've got one of our schools open now and by the start of the next school year we really hope to have you know several more schools up and running and so how do young people at various stages of their career various ages because there's a big range represented here how do young people come to work with the lang lang international music foundation are they coming to you are you going to them so with for example the keys of inspiration we work with the local music services and the local boroughs say in the uk or districts in the us to identify schools that firstly really value the idea of music education and that really need it the most. So, you know, we kind of, we work with the local teams to, to really identify the schools that really need this kind of curriculum and can really benefit from it. And then we kind of, we, we essentially approach the schools, you know, put the feelers out to the schools and then they come back and we kind of like feel it out together. So that's kind of the way the keys of inspiration works with the young scholars, for example, um, you know, people apply. So we, we put it out there publicly and and, you know, pianists just submit videos and submit information and all kinds of stuff as an application process. You know, since I joined the foundation in 2021, you know, my background is very much within um, digital in the music industry. So I, I spend a lot of time, you know, discovering new talent on, on socials and on the Internet and reaching out to people and seeing if they'd like to get involved. You know, we have a great, great network of musicians, you know, globally from really high profile to, uh, you know, to up and comers that we can really, you know, utilize in terms of our community work and in terms of kind of, you know, our, our mission. So yeah, it kind of, again, it kind of ranges. It's very flexible. You know, we're incredibly open as to who, you know, we work with and, you know, we do get approached a lot of the time for, you know, different opportunity. And we always, always look very closely at each individual situation to see if we can accommodate in some way. And more often than not, we can. So what catches your attention about a young artist, a young musician? If you're thinking from your sort of almost A&R, artist and repertoire, talent scout hat, uh, what is it that catches your attention and the foundation's attention when you're thinking about who you're working with? I think generally, of course, you know, the first thing you notice is, you know, the talent itself, you know, but something that I think really does capture my attention. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, this is, I think, quite a universal thing is, is really the way an artist connects with what they're doing and and the kind of passion and soul and emotion and, and energy that they put into what they're doing is such an important aspect of it, because you really feel something when you when you know if someone is really putting everything into something and it's they are really connecting with what they're doing in the music you know then you connect with it as well from the outside and that's the thing and 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 that's really 
you know, in my journey, just in this industry, you know, one of the most important things that I'd ever say to an artist and a musician is to be true to yourself in regards to what you connect with and how you, what you feel and the kind of sounds and the kind of music you like to play, because that authenticity is really something that comes across, you know, and I think if you look at some of the biggest artists in the world, whether it's classical or outside of classical, you know, people connect with something that they resonate with. And it's really comes down to some kind of authenticity, you know, so, you know, that's something that for me really, really shines through every time, you know, um, passion, drive, work ethic, obviously in this day and age, you know, social media, Instagram, TikTok, all that kind of stuff is really important. And, you know, when you, when you, for example, connect with, with a musician in the way I've just described, and also they're working so hard, you know, they're consistent, you know, they're really putting themselves out there to use all the tools available to them to really push themselves. You know, that's obviously a really impressive thing to see as well. And when you have the combination of those things, I think, you know, you can really, you know, that there's some real great potential there, I think. What's the most common mistake made by young artists, do you think? Mistake or misunderstanding, perhaps? I think there's a couple. First of all, would be kind of the flip side to what I've just described. So doing things because you feel that's what you should be doing or doing things that you are doing because somebody's told you that that's what they think you should be doing. You know, it's a very, it's kind of a strange industry to navigate when you're starting out in the music industry. And a lot of the time, you know, if you're fortunate, you do get put in front of people that have been in the industry. And, you know, sometimes you find people that kind of push and pull you in different directions because they have a vision for what you could be, or, you know, they feel that they could put you in a certain box, which would make sense to them and that they could make that profitable. But, you know, from everything I've seen going down that route, one way or the other, even if at the beginning it kind of starts in a good place and, and it puts you further forward, something's always not quite right, you know. So I would say doing things for the sake of doing them, doing things because you feel that's what you should be doing and ignoring your gut in terms of, you know, where you really want to be musically. Um, that's one of them. And on, and on the other kind of side of it, being complacent, you know, feeling that something could magically just happen without you having to actually really put yourself out there and work. You know, I think some people, you know, especially the way things work now, I think it's just really important to, you know, if you, if you want to do something and you've got a passion, you've got a dream, you've got an ambition, you have to put that into action. You know, you have to action that ambition and, and by, by, but actually really working, thinking, how can I really sort of make myself visible in that kind of way? So, you know, you know, I've come across a lot of artists that really, you know, kind of push back against the kind of, you know, platforms that could be available because I don't know, you know, sometimes, you know, extremely talented people think, well, my talent will shine through and that's very true. But more often than not, work ethic is very, very important, you know. So that's another thing I would, I would say is, is important to keep an eye on too how you come to work for a foundation because it's a job like global development director i suppose it's a role that you know people might not know it exists yeah how, how do you come to work for a foundation well my journey has been very much kind of split into two areas so i started out when i, I when i went to uni i was a musician you know i was in bands i was singing you know i was collaborating you know i was in a group you know i was having the best time you know doing that and i just loved it but you know it was, it was something i love to do collaborating with other artists and that led me to a situation where i you know was essentially doing artist development you know working with other artists bringing them in and just trying out different things 
it kind of, you know, I was working for quite a high profile producer doing that. And essentially I was asked to go and work on the X Factor, right? Which is very random, managing the social media for the contestants because they wanted someone to do that job who they thought could relate to the contestants. So long story short, my journey kind of had two pathways, right? One was in the studio with artists, doing art development, kind of helping with songwriting, A&R, all that kind of stuff. And the other side was consultancy within social media marketing, digital marketing. And it really kind of spanned, you know, quite a wide spectrum. So, you know, when Lang Lang became my client for social media, I was managing his digital way before I started at the foundation. We really connected on many, it just worked. There was a very, you know, we had a very successful campaign and, and it was all, it was all, you know, just really going in the right direction. And um, during that time, he asked me to help out the foundation, just kind of like as a bit of a favor, they were doing a virtual concert during the first year of COVID, you know, fundraising concert, you know, they were kind of a bit lost in terms of kind of like the digital promotion side. So I jumped in and helped and I just completely fell in love with the work. And essentially, you know, we all sort of turned around afterward and said, we can't, we, we need to continue working together because we all knew there was like something in it, right? And, you know, I almost kind of just created a role for myself. My actual first job title was creative director. And that in the capacity of a foundation, you know, there, there, there wasn't really a job description, right? But what I was able to do was just channel all my experience from being a musician, you know, starting out as a musician and understanding that mindset, you know, and also working with musicians in a very intimate and, and close way, you know, throughout, you know, my career. And combine that with my understanding of how to get something out there, how to kind of expand, you know, a brand and and really kind of just propel something into a into a new sort of sphere. So by default, I just started going out and doing things. I started making connections with charities in the UK. I started, you know, feeling out the idea of bringing keys of inspiration to the UK, which was a concept that didn't exist here. Um, and, you know, after a year of doing that and having basically established the activity of the foundation in the UK, it seemed like a fitting thing to be responsible for global development, which essentially kind of covers the general development of everything that goes on from program development, territory expansion, you know, media all that kind of stuff so it really for me it just it it really means developing you know every aspect of the foundation so how important is it to be an entrepreneur by the sound of it to be it's so interesting the advice you gave earlier on about being authentic being yourself that's what you were to the foundation and and this role was created around what you were it wasn't there before so how important is it to be an entrepreneur and make things for yourself actually i think it's i think it's really important and i think you know it's it's something that comes from you know a lot of time working at something and exploring and being open to explore and taking opportunities and you know the more you do that the more you recognize opportunities and the more you recognize hold on this scenario feels quite good maybe if i do that or that it could work and you take chances right um so i think it's a really important thing but you know over the years you you again being authentic to to what you know you're good at what you know you're you love to do and staying true to that you know and and again sort of the combination of kind of you know really putting yourself out there and trying things and 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 being open to things and you know staying true to what you you know are passionate about and what you know you can really deliver you know is is a really important thing and i suppose it results in entrepreneurship without you really even thinking about it, you know? Ollie Rose, great pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of Classic 15 with me, Jack Pepper. This episode and all in the series are available on all the usual podcast platforms and online at classic.com. There, you'll also be able to find all of Classic's latest news, their online concert series and video on demand. And do check out Classic's social media for the very latest, at Classic Music. Thanks very much for listening, and until we speak again, happy music making.